0: Hello oh, welcome to RK Couch, the best place to chill with your friends and get your gaming goodness every Monday at 6am Australian Eastern Standard Time. I'm Ashley Hobley, joining me on the couch today, don't Blight.
1: I will be here for
0: uh for, for this segment. segment. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, on today's RK Couch, uh, Dylan will be here to talk about Jedi Star Wars Jedi Survivor and then Kieran will be on later in the episode to talk about his experience at DreamHack and whatever news has happened this week, but Dylan's going somewhere else this weekend but he wanted to be here to talk about star wars jedi survivor uh you've been playing it for a review uh we finished the game i if we're talking about I it now
1: finished, i finished the game
0: cool so I've, of course the latest as uh, of
1: recording i have not written my review but yes i finished the game
0: yeah so obviously the sequel to star wars jedi fallen order from 2019 uh developed by respawn Entertainment. uh no, in fact, Dylan, you didn't enjoy Fallen Order.
1: It's not that did... I didn't enjoy Fallen Order; I just was more critical of it. Than You're more
0: critical than most people. Uh, who have... yeah. I've seen people saying Fallen Order is their second favorite Star Wars thing ever. So, uh, Dylan, what did you think of Jedi? Well, let me just kick this off straight off the top. At any point, does Cal Kestis sing "Survivor" by Destiny's Child?
1: Um, not that I've seen, but I'm finished all the side quests. Okay, cool. Uh, well there's there's a chance there's... Uh, so dylan what do you think of Jedi survival yeah i, I definitely enjoyed it a lot more than the the first game i feel like this is sort of it escapes the feeling of trying to fit into this with the weird between episode three episode four mm. thing while trying to like you know like a lot of my problems with the first game is i just didn't find cal that interesting of a character and i felt like the story was just trying to just pigeonhole into a very specific area and trying to do these these like several different things like let's hit the nostalgia factor while introducing a new character while like i it just felt like i was trying to do all these plates and i don't feel like narratively it did particularly a bunch of them like that interesting it was just like yeah it's fine like the story is fine. It was it, it, like you haven't even finished it. Like it can't have been that interesting for you because you couldn't even be bothered no, seeing yeah. Fruit. yeah, like like you can't even like argue. Like you couldn't even be bothered seeing that that fruit to the finish. So the story is not. It can't be that interesting. Um, the story in this game is a lot more interesting. However, it's impossible to talk about. It. <laughs> like have the obviously the game's main um story beat is sort of covered in secrecy. There I don't think it's 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 perfect well, I think it's perfectly fine for me to say that, you know, think about that original reveal the trailer. They show someone in a back to tank. They're like, who the fuck's this? Is this um Star Killer from Force of Leash going back? Um I'm happy to confirm that is not the case. But is it Snoke? uh, I'm happy to confirm it is also not Snoke. I think that's totally fine. Is it Morph Gideon? Mm, maybe could be, Ooh. maybe it's all the time. So, is but Grogu, no, it's not Grogu. Um, the but yeah, once you reach a certain point of the game, it definitely like I was like I was in like I was I was enjoying playing the first few hours. I was like, yeah, I'm like Star Wars, like, I'm having fun time. The combat's good, which I'll get to in a second. Whatever else, but once you reach a certain story point, which is when you finally come across that back to tank and that character that's introduced there things just get way more interesting and the game very much dives into a lore uh, and area around which the most of a star wars media isn't interested in covering at the moment or hasn't covered at the moment so it very much stands on its own two feet this time around rather than feel like it's trying to like just fit in this weird timeline and you're playing it the whole time going but you're not the dude who saves the galaxy <laughs> like, i know <laughs> it's luke skywalker <laughs> like I, you can't trick me it's not how it works um the like and yeah so i don't really say too much story wise but Cal's is definitely a lot more interesting this time too where he like at the start of the game he's doing um he's doing a mission for saw guerrera like still trying to do this whole um you know, like say, fight back against Empire. You know, try try and save the galaxy. All this sort of stuff. He's split up from all of the the main characters. Like this game picks up several years later. or They don't even give you an exact time. Star Wars mm-hmm. loves that at the moment. They're just like, yeah, years later. You know, it could be ten, could be. It's definitely not after Episode Four. though. Exactly yeah. when in the timeline <laughs> yeah. is it? Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's just like somewhere between the last game and still before Episode Four. Does is it take, where this, take place before or after the events of Obi Wan? i have no no idea (laughs) i have no fucking clue um the uh yeah so he's still doing that he's still trying to fight back but it as the game progresses cal sort of begins wrestling with this the idea that he's too obsessed with trying to you know get back against the empire and like sort of on this one Man, mission and whatever else and he becomes more worried that it can corrupt him which is interesting because you know like we know characters that it does corrupt like you can even look at Saul Guerrero as someone who his mission to take down the the empire does corrupt him into a, a world but he. he sort of leans more in towards the dark side than light as he starts making different, um, he's kicked out of the rebellion, you know, all these sorts of things that that character's got. Mm. So there's definitely a line between the the people fighting the war and that's sort of something Cal starts wrestling with in this one as well, especially when, and I haven't read that book. I'm not sure if, how much that covers that Bell Scars prequel book that was written by Sam Maggs um, covers like the split up between him and the, um, him, Seer, the fuck? I can't remember all the characters' names, but the the main crew from the, the first game. Um, it's not like they left on bad terms. The game very much sets up this whole thing from the outset where it's like, hey, we're off there, and you meet back up with them soon enough. But like where the game starts is like they're all in their own little locations. They all split up. Um, it gets a feeling of they they weren't going down the same path of Cal where they weren't interested in just fighting for the sake of fighting anymore. They wanted to do. They wanted to try and find something else to do better with their time than like fighting this war that just seems never ending. Like it doesn't make any any sort of difference. Um so that's all very good. Uh but all the other characters are a lot more interesting this as well, I find. Like especially when you you come into them having dealt with, I guess, other things. Um what the fuck is the girl's name? It's like Mir, Mir fuck, hold huh? on. Night Sister. The Night Sister from Jedi, Order, Game. Marin I was about to say Mere. Merin. Yeah. So Marin the the night sister from uh Dathomir, who's like one of the main characters in the first game. Uh, I was like whatever on her in the first in the first game. Uh, I definitely like her a lot more in this. She's when you when you meet back up with her, she's, you know, um, she's been like traveling the galaxy. She seems to have grown a lot more as a person while still having uh kept i guess her night sister powers and like that's the sensibilities of herself she's still got like this very dry sense of humor which i find very um amusing at times she'll like say things and then just be like bd1 if you tell such and such that i'll i'll like turn you off or like it's just all like very dry sort of Mm. stuff she'll mutter the characters um which is fun but outside the story stuff the one parts i enjoy most about this game is the difference in locations and how like the game's structured so they introduce one um the main planet that you'll spend the majority of the game on is a brand new planet they made for this game and like this is a the largest so we're not going to Tatooine. you're not going to Tatooine, as far as i'm aware fake star wars the (laughs) secret scene um the Oh, fuck I can't even remember the name off the top of head, it. but it's the first planet <laughs> you go to I'm sorry I'll have all this I'll have to get all this, these names right before I do my actual review but I think it starts with oh it's Kobo that's the name so it's a planet called Kobo Um, you go there uh, start of the game you'll go there for the majority back and forth between a couple of places but it's the main planet and what it's because it's a new planet they get to do sort of whatever um respawn gets to do whatever they want as far as law-wise who was there prior to the, the current settlers who's like what's what do people come to this planet to do um so it's like a prospect prospecting planet where most of the people there are coming there to find rich minerals and mm. and stuff like that to get rich in this time of the the galaxy but it's also <laughs> a place where it's currently overrun by um bandits and and stuff like that so um when you first come into the planet it seems so nothing barren uninteresting especially when you reach the the main town for the first time but as the game progresses it um does one i actually really like when video games do this and do it well it does the so it sort of becomes your hub area not that you always come back here to go before you do a mission but you can travel back to here between major story missions and stuff and it'll pop up with a little message saying like there's new characters at the, um, the the whatever the place is. It's like the bar, Just the saloon, pool, whatever. The, the, yeah, the, that place. Um, which when you first go down there in the town, there's two characters there. And then as the game progresses, as you both bring in characters through story missions or a lot of the side mission content will uh, lead you to meet someone who you can talk to and they'll come back to that place and they'll they'll be chilling there and then between missions you can talk to all the characters there and they're like hey the thing that just happened that's crazy hey like is that character doing the thing and the thing like all that sort of stuff which i really enjoy and it gives me gives me that same feel that you get from uh like the mass effect games where you would travel around the after you do like a main story mission and stuff you could you can go around and talk to all the characters not in a way that you're making uh, relationships relationships, like like you're not having a personal choice on who you want to romance and stuff but it is still that element of if you choose and want to build and know more about a lot of the characters in this game like if you're interested you can always come back to this place and spend time talking to them all um and it's just really interesting to see the place grow with people even to the point that there's uh you can find these two characters at one stage who um you find these like you explore kobo and you'll find um they did it in the first game. We can press a button and like Cal can like force hear the past or what like like stuff that's yes. like embedded force into items or whatever. On, yeah. yeah, force echo. That's it. Yeah. Um, and you do that. And remember, at one stage, I like very early in the game, I found this force echo for these people. It was a clip of two people trying to record the sound of like a a big beast roaring and they were like, yeah, that's perfect for our song or something like that. And then you find these two characters later in, in the middle of nowhere or Kobo. And like one of them is a DJ droid, droid robot. And then you can recruit them and have them come back to the bar. And then every time you now come into the bar, like there's actually like music playing it's a lot more lively. There's just like, and you can go request and you can unlock songs and buy songs and get them to change um, what's playing in the bar. So yeah, it just progresses to a point that's just like really cool. And is there even a um, aquarium? that's upstairs that's eventually unlocked um you can meet, meet a character whose name is absolutely fucking hilarious it's like i think it's it's spelt funny but it's basically scuba steve like scuba steve but it's scuba <laughs> steve and it's this little little tiny um i don't know the species of um of some alien who just like goes fishing and once you talk to him for the first time and get him back to the the saloon then you'll find him at random locations uh around kobo um and then that's how you like it's another collectible getting him to like capture these fishes and then you can come and put them back into the the tank this giant fish tank in the middle of the the place there that you can and st- stuff but every time he will be like oh these he's got like a fucking like irish accent or what, whatever he'll be like oh a scuba Stev will get these these fishes and you'll like dive in scottish. And bring... yeah scottish so you'll dive in and get these like fucking tiny ass fish out and he'll be like oh they're so dangerous (laughs) there's some comedy in this game i feel so which is good a bit more levity to it than the considering like how dark most of the the core story missions and and stuff are i guess um yeah so i definitely i having the option to dive in more to the characters because in the first game it was you could talk to the the three or four main characters on the ship yeah between missions but that was it and i wasn't vibing a lot with them there but vibing and more of this game and having all these other random characters that have like really weird personalities and stuff also With just more to it yeah. and there's like a bunch of different species like giant like fucking something that literally just looks like a walking toad like is i don't know if i've ever seen star wars before but that's also someone you rescue at some stage and then they're, they're just like chilling in there and i don't know what, and, like the frog lady from no different different to that like 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 literally like a fucking toad anyway um but then you'll meet all these characters and be like they're weird they're weird and then the more you explore around kobo then you'll find more like force echoes and you can listen and you'll learn more about the characters and what they've been Mm -hmm. doing around the the planet and stuff like that so i've been really really enjoying exploring i kept having to pull myself back because i'd like i've done a bunch of side content but i've every now and then i'd be like um like i should probably uh, i don't watch, know how long the game the is i need I, I <laughs> wonder, yeah i look at the date and the time they're like yeah, it's just fucking, but they are very easily just distract, um distracted trying to do side content just exploring picking up collectibles and um trying to find other people to bring back and and stuff like that which is obviously a good thing it's not a yeah. bad thing but i was just like i do have a schedule i want to <laughs> beat the game on so um that's good uh combat wise if you enjoyed the first game's combat, it's just more of that, but obviously it's built upon. It doesn't do the typical thing that a lot of these games do where they take away all of Oh, Cal's I got powers. amnesia. <laughs> yeah, I got amnesia. I don't know how to fucking do anything anymore. Um, so from the start of the game, Cal has everything he had in the first game, including his, I think the last power he gets is like the press L3 and R3 to slow down time one, which he just has from the, the outset of this game. Um, and that's just built upon from then. But the majority of the stuff you'll actually unlock in this game isn't actually force abilities like you can you get skill points and then you can build cow how you want to build your cow but you can put skill points into survival so like more health and whatever and then you've got um lightsaber abilities and then you've got force abilities so i didn't actually unlock that many force abilities there's a bunch more i know i could unlock where it's like you know press l2 r2 and you are like squish a group of enemies together like if that's how you want to play the game go for gold but that's like optional unlocks not like main storyline mission force powers unlocks um but then the majority of the the combat stuff that you're given in this game is actually the the different lightsaber techniques that you unlock through the first like i think you unlock all of them by well before the halfway point of the game, which is good so you got a lot of time to sort of build it and decide how you want to actually play so you've got your your Typical, just standard lightsaber, two hands, one bladed. You unlock the, the two lightsabers, like Ahsoka-style shit. That's how I played the majority of the game, because, you know, Ahsoka and no, a Ahsoka, Ahsoka stand, yeah. Yeah, Ahsoka stand. Um, then you get the the dual-bladed, um, double-sided, sorry, like Darth Maul lightsaber. Yeah. And then the last one you get is the, and they show this in the trailer, like the the cross, cross guard or whatever they call it, you know, like Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, yeah style lightsaber and they all have different techniques obviously the standard one and you can see you can see they'll give you stats like this one's like faster but like less slower or what you know all that sort of stuff but like your basics middle ground everything there's no negatives it's just straight down the middle hmm. um the benefit of the the dual one is they're very fast but does less damage it's sort of like having twin daggers in like a, a fancy game i guess or something yeah. like that uh the double bladed one is fast but um, it does a little bit more damage, but it doesn't have a, such a wide variety of attacks and a set of things you can't do. But some of these do, and you can have uh, on the left and uh, left and right on the D-pad. You can have two of them set, set so you can just quickly switch between two of them. So if there's two you like, you can quickly. So he switch has multiple
0: lightsabers.
1: No, we'll quickly like, you'll quickly like pull the pieces and somehow just i don't know oh, whatever 2%. i don't I, I don't i don't think it's like super realistic but as a video game i'll let it i'll let it fly like you, it doesn't if make you sense if, in the if you have like if you have two like two out you'll see like some animation that makes it look like he basically joins them back together and then suddenly it's a du- double jo- double-sided one again you just whatever um but you can have two going and there's some reasons you would want to switch mid-combat because stuff like um you'll get the stormtroopers who have like big machine gun-esque like Blast is like brrr, like shooting out a bunch of bullets yeah. any of the other lightsabers other than the the double bladed one you can shoot the block the parry the the bolts back but it won't like actually kill them whereas if you have that one out and you block the first bolt and hold down l1 he'll quickly like and like take out it's a way to take them out so different enemies will have like strengths and weaknesses to different lightsaber attacks so there's a reason to switch it up on the fly and not just only play the game with the one lightsaber uh, technique that you like the most, and only stick to that one, uh, which is cool. But uh, the thing with the first game that turned, I guess, some people off, or it was like a love hate thing. And I, I think you, I reckon you would probably like the game more if it wasn't the trying to be the Souls like. Would that be a fair comment? The first one, I, I mean, it was or... fine.
0: Uh, I think the thing that most turned me off was like the Metroidvania of it all, and I came like, into retract. Through levels and that kind of stuff. I don't know if that's a thing that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you will retrack through, like, so you'll you'll do a story mission on Kobo, and then you'll go to a different planet. Um, and I'm not saying any other planets because I'm not sure. I can't remember which ones. Yeah. Are or that's what But co uh, and then you'll go to another planet, and then you'll come back to Kobo. But because it's like, uh, like open world or like a semi like open area. Yeah, I Kobo, think that's different. Like. Yeah. So you're like going to a different area. You're not going for the same building again no i can't think of any time i've had to go through the same exact area other than if i was going back there to do a side quest or like find Mm. a collectible but story mission wise um no i'd say you're not doing that yeah when you do get into areas sometimes it is that whole thing of like you have to climb up the top like unlock something and then climb back down the bottom and you've unlocked the door to go through somewhere but like i wouldn't say it's hardcore like metro uh yeah i i actually felt like this game was easier than the first one so i play i just played it obviously on the normal default difficulty but i did find it easier than the first one and there's no killer
0: frog like standing right at the start like no there's no killer
1: frog at the front i mean mean, to be fair if you're listening to this and you're going to play the first game you can just ignore that frog and you don't have to spend 10 (laughs) hours trying to kill it um it is totally optional and you can kill it in one shot you just dodge and cut its tongue off um I will say cuz I don't think this is really solid but those frogs do show back up um not in a story mission but a side mission um in this so if you like those frogs they're, they're back again you can go kill me um <laughs> get get your frog on um but yeah I did I did find the 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 game was a little bit easy which I think is good because I don't I as much as I enjoy Souls games I don't actually think that Star Wars which is a massively you know major property should be a super difficult um franchise which is which is mm. like super turned turned turn off um that said at any point in the game if you are finding a boss battle too hard or whatever you can just adjust the difficulty There's no real downside i guess you could like you can just open the menu and switch it up down do whatever what whatever you want you're not committed to a difficulty um as soon as i played as soon as i finished the game and then i spent another couple of hours uh like doing some side mission stuff or whatever, I've switched it down to easy. I'm like, I don't fuck care at the moment. I just want to mow through enemies now. You know what I mean? Like I've I've done the thing. I've played my, my challenge yeah, you know, yeah, I've had my I've, I've, I've done the thing. And I'm I'm trying to get like I look at the map. I'm like, there's a collectible I missed up there. There's fucking budget enemies blocking me. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to fucking like smash trees and go get the collectibles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've I've put it down. And when you put it on easy, it's fucking easy. Like it's just normal challenging like if you try and button mash which is fine like the, the game is meant to be uh thoughtful combat so if you do play it on normal combat normal difficulty it is that thing of you will have to either learn to parry or learn to dodge like that's the the thing and it does yep. the, the typical thing of you can block most enemy attacks when they glow red that's an unblockable attack you have to dodge that out of the way it's it's pretty basic stuff for, a, yep. for a, an, a, an action game and then get your three four hits in um and you'll have to block them again like i don't i really don't think it's it's that much there's not like hard techniques to get your head around and and stuff like that um but then there are i do feel like if you forget you have full access to a bunch of abilities including four stuff that you're sort of making the game harder for yourself because sometimes you're like there there were moments in my first few hours where i like sort of forget and like there'd be i'd be getting fucked up with a dude firing a missile launcher at me or some shit from above and i'd be like trying to parry it and fucking up I'd be like, God damn, and i'm like oh wait hold on and i just press l2 like force him to myself and just stick my lights over I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> so much just, easier yeah so much easier like so if you yeah if i think if you're not fully thinking about things all the time be like wait i'm a jedi i could just yeah. i'm a jedi not a character in yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it does sort of make the game easier to do it that way uh yeah i'll be i i really really enjoyed it i will i don't know what my score is going to be it's definitely going to be higher than the six <laughs> okay the uh yeah the the first game i'm i i don't the only my only real negatives i guess is i do have some technical issues which it's sort of hard to write about and talk about because i know there's going to be a day one patch, day so one patch yeah. i'm waiting to see like it's sort of hard because i don't, I don't want how to much talk... weight do you throw behind that not not it. much not much but i, I probably will note it because i don't think they're all going to be fixed as far as i'm aware from what i've seen in the um the supplied like information like the, yeah. the, the stuff I, I i think there's just some slight and i'm i'm talking like they're targeting i'm playing it on uh i played the whole game on performance mode they're targeting 60 frames per second i can definitely tell at times it weirdly drops just like like it just drops down to 30 or something like that it feels at yeah. times it's just sort of annoying fortunately it doesn't i don't think it ever happened to be in combat which is the most important part but just like wandering around the world but it just feels jarring when it, you can feel the, the sun drop um i remember having same issues with the first game i don't know but the best thing about this game compared to the second one uh the the first, the one, first is, one is the fucking playing this on next gen consoles and if you do die only having to wait a couple of seconds to to respawn because you will still so die it's been lot. pretty like good pretty well optimized for Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not it's PS4, not. Okay. i reread my review for the first one and yeah i had a complaint about waiting 30 seconds for like being like i'm dying a lot in this game and i'm having to fucking wait 30 seconds to respawn that's frustrating yes. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> which it is because if you're going to die a lot in the game which you'll you will die a lot in this game it's not mm. like easy easy but um then you have no wait that's so like that's more frustrating than the you died part so uh yeah i I would say, if you can make the time, just smash through that last... Just put the first one okay, on. Okay, so I definitely need log. to
0: finish the first game. Uh,
1: I would... If you... I can't remember... Where did you say you was up to? I'm going back to Kashyyyk. Oh, no, you still got ages. Just watch a fucking video. Just watch a video. <laughs> just just see how the... Just watch the last, like... Just see I've how the game f- ends. three days. No. I don't know how you, long it'll take. You're not gonna do it. You just, just watch a video so you can see how the game ends, because... Have you have, have you do you know how it ends the first one?
0: I know a certain character shows up and that's kind of it.
1: Yeah, I'll just tell you. Um, so everyone listening, because if you're listening to this, like spoilers for the first game. If you're about to play the second one, so it doesn't really matter. So at the end, they like do this whole mission because they want to get like a list of um. They're trying to get the whole the storyline become. They've been chasing to the, a,
0: the the list of Jedi yeah, kids.
1: Yeah, four sensitive kids. They're trying to keep it out of the hands of the Inquisitorius, so yes. they can that they can save some lives there. Um, and then they go and then they have a face down with the the second sister or whatever she was, who was actually the she was the she was Sears Padawan yep. or whatever how that, that works out. So she's the final boss battle. Um she was actually kind of hard. And they beat her and then Darth Vader shows up and uh, you of course tried fighting for all the five seconds before obviously it's like, let's run because <laughs> when they try and fight I remember being so annoyed, they're like, fight Darth Vader. I'm like, Nah dude, Cal's dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> um and they escape and then at the end they're like they 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 get the list they save the day and then they've also got some like I think they like get some Jedi book or whatever and then Seer's all like let's like restart the Jedi order basically and I remember like finishing the first game being like he's aren't doing that. <laughs> but, but whatever, let's go from there. So yeah. There's not much not not much to really know, I guess, but otherwise the, the core cool stuff. The I'll game just does watching the recap video that I started watching. <laughs> this game has a recap video at the start today. okay that's good man. That's helpful. um not like a hardcore like 10 15 just minute one, but just a, it's just a stuff. it's like probably like five minute recap of the first first game it just shows the moments in a like cool sort of way and then after you start the game it's always on the front menu like you can replay yeah. it if you want that sort of thing which is cool uh but yeah i check out my review i don't know what i gave it yet but i'm sure it's a, a score that makes things i'm honestly i started trying to give my thoughts to write the review i'm gonna sh- struggle on this one because i don't actually know how to discuss too much about the game i know i just talked about it half now but i don't know how to discuss too much about <laughs> the story the it's really hard it's really really hard um, without spoilers yeah without spoilers like that's the that's the current predicament i'm in because i have a lot of positive thoughts about the story and I like a lot of things it does. That's really, other than saying but that. You don't one want to sentence. outright say what the hell. <laughs> yeah, it's, sort of, it's one of those hard ones, So, uh, so look forward to a spoiler yeah. cast sometime in the future. Yeah, I would like to do a spoiler.
0: And I'm joined now by Kieran Martin. Hey, yo!
2: Hi, I'm 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 great. I'm 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 home um from a busy weekend of esports and all things kind of professional gaming it's been nice
0: well before we get into that i'd be remiss if i didn't mention uh obviously me and dylan were just talking about jedi survivor he was pretty positive on it uh in the end he gave it a 9 out of 10 at explosion.com so you could go check out that review but it turns out the game they everybody kind of knew there was issues before the game had been released uh but post-release These day one patches have not done enough, especially on the PC front.
2: Yes. Um, Uh, All I've read is poor things on the PC front, even like not being able to get above 20 frames
0: um, on the PC, which is
2: crazy.
0: I mean, yeah. Uh, Even to the point where EA tweeted out a message saying, we are aware that Star Wars Jedi Survivor isn't performing to our standards for a percentage of our PC players, in particular those with high-end machines or certain specific configurations. For example, players using cutting-edge multi-thread chipsets designed for Windows 11 were encountering problems on Windows 10 or high-end GPUs coupled with lower-performing CPUs also saw unexpected frame loss. Rest assured, we are working to address these cases quickly. While there is no single comprehensive solution for PC performance, the team has been working on fixes we believe will improve performance across a spectrum of configurations. We are committed to fixing these issues as soon as possible, but each patch requires significant testing to ensure we don't introduce new problems. Uh, Thanks for understanding. Apologies to any of our players experiencing those issues. We will continue to monitor performance across all platforms and share update timing as soon as it is available. Um, Kieran, what do you think of (laughs) uh, PC players kind of being left in the lurch uh, again?
2: Uh, It's funny. Um, I guess the the thing, I guess it, it has to be where is your developer focus at? And when you... The downside of PC gaming is PC has to cover such a broad spectrum of potential um, chipsets, graphics cards, different sets of RAM, different Software. sets of memory, different softwares. The, it, there is such a wide spectrum that developers are going to to struggle, especially if those developers are more focused on their console because consoles are bread and butter, right? Like well, Other than...
0: There's two like, skews. That's it. Yeah.
2: No. There's the like, two skews, and even like the Xbox One. There's like a couple little minor skews between between the the um, X and S. Yeah. Yeah. The X and S. So it, Yeah. It, it's a lot harder to do. I find. To be honest, I think it's probably just almost a better idea. And I know they want people to be able to play it all at the same time. But even as somebody who play who enjoys PC, I don't mind there being a separate PC, Real, PC Real launch. State. Like to give, like, have a PC launch like a month later. So you give it like a good period where you're like, I'm just focused on the PC version now. We're just working on optimizing this and getting this working. Yes, it sucks, especially for games like Jedi Survivor that are story driven and it will require PC players to avoid spoilers. But we've already seen, right, that (laughs) games are still in demand. That are story driven, even if they have a later launch. If we compare it to your, know um, Horizons and the Last of Us series being ported over to the PC, yeah. and the PC games that PlayStation are bringing out or porting across, we are seeing a a good pickup rate and buy in rate for those, even though they are story games that have been out for such a long period of time. Um, it's not perfect, and I wish there was better ways for the team to have kind of made sure that the PC version was optimized and was playing. But you know, even when we saw I remember I saw um Andy Cortez from um kinda of funny, I think they kinda funny. Was playing it on the PC and he had an awful experience trying to review the game. Um just yeah, not even getting above twenty four frames a second um yeah. just which you know once uh it's a meme and it's a joke that yeah well you know console games have been largely 30 fps for so long and we had that discussion a couple of weeks ago about mm-hmm. um 60 frames versus 30 frames it, it is a thing of especially for i guess with the pc setup is the moment you're used to seeing higher frames your brain easily recognizes when it is stuttering and when it's breaking and when it's not smooth um yeah, it sucks. Uh, it's I saw a collection today on Twitter. I saw a collection. Somebody had gathered up all of the recent, um, yeah. social uh, media posts <laughs> with all the recent ones of this and um, yeah.
0: It's... So the ones I've seen that have been broken at launch so far: Forspoken, Wild Hearts, the the Wizard Game, <laughs> Wulong Dynasty, of course, Last of Us, and now Jedi Survivor. So
2: yeah, and even if you go back to um. Yes, Cyberpunk was broken everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And, you know, actually CD Projekt Red fixed the PC version first before it fixed the console version. So I think it just depends on the developer and it depends on their Their comfort and their background around PC games to where they focus their time. And you can see PC games that... There are just as many games that work the opposite way where the developer works on it from a PC point of view view, and then ports it across to... um, I console. feel like it's far fewer in between. Uh, I would say not far fewer, but I would say less. Well, it's no, not not triple A, AAA. not triple A. Yeah, yeah it was what I was going to go with. Not triple A. Triple A titles are always built for consoles because it is the larger market in many yeah. ways. Like so many, even though PC gamers, there are so many people who play PC. It's like okay, you sure, but you cut that out with okay. Here's the amount of people who PCs just can't run games, so they've gone out and bought themselves a console. You've got another portion of PC gamers that are just diehard into their multiplayer games, whether that's Dota, or Overwatch League of Legends, um, whatever they're addicted to at the time. And these story-driven games aren't necessarily going to pull them away from that game for long enough. So I guess they do, you know, it is in some ways a smart decision to be like, we're focusing on um, on the, the console version. I'll be very interested with um Redfall coming up this week, especially Bethesda, and we all know Bethesda has its issues in general anyway. Um uh, but I'll be very interested to see how the PC version of
0: that fares compared to the console version. But overall. the PC version's meant to run at 60 frames per second and the console one can't. Yes. So, exactly,
2: but it's like, okay, does that actually work? And that's the thing mean people, <laughs> does it mean anything? Does it actually work? Um but we shall we shall find out in the coming days with that one.
0: Yeah. I mean yeah it's kinda of interesting. I mean it's, it's so, something that happens so regularly that should the, like publishers be marketing games on PC differently? Should it be going as like it's not launching; it's launching in early access. Uh, I don't quotation marks in the first the... month, or do PC gamers just to, need to accept that this is how things are going to be? Uh, you have to wait till the it's been patched up. I Let think the so. idiots spend their money well, at the start. No, I don't then... even
2: think it should be that. I just think that these places should just have a PC launch date. I think Let's a couple years it. ago. But even think, then,
0: like, you could still have issues after. So, I mean, yeah, like...
2: but at least, at least with a PC launch date, it's the developers are at least trying and they should yes. have a crack at it and they'll have a better focus on it. And uh, instead of the thing is, I think there is a moral choice of, um, looking at it when you're going, oh, we're just gonna put it on Steam anyway, busted, and you know, lol idiots that are buying it. Ha ha. We don't I feel like there is a a grossness around that. Like a, a very um poor business practice around that. I feel like it's much better. Especially if you know. If you're if you know, I I, it, I wouldn't have they had to have known like last couple of weeks that the PC version was fucked. <laughs> and so Either at some point they need to make the decision of, okay, we need to push the PC version back and just be like, hey, we're just having a different launch window for that. Or they need to just be very open about the PC version from the start so that they're not kind of taking people's money for a busted product straight away.
0: Yeah. I will say, looking at Steam reviews at the moment, it is 50% positive and 50% negative at just over 9,000 reviews. So, I mean... 50% Fifty percent people are happy, like willing to sit through whatever issues. Which is almost had to impressive,
2: because normally games are just ready to get review bombed as soon as they're
0: uh, put up on. On. Um... It's about a white white stream man, so I mean it's all fine. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, Kieran, so you've been uh, at DreamHack this weekend, right?
2: I was. I was. It was a DreamHack Melbourne. But before
0: we talk about that, the UK's Competition and Market Authority has landed a major blow to the upcoming outcome of Microsoft's $69 billion proposed acquisition Uh, of Activision Blizzard. uh, Tonight, announcing it was blocking the sale. While the organization cites several areas of concern regarding the deal's potential impact on the market and consumers, the CMA took to Twitter to highlight its issues regarding cloud gaming in particular. Microsoft proposed deal as one of the largest markets and consolidation deals in history, kicking off in January 2022 and swiftly followed by several global organizations launching investigations into potential harm to the wider video game industry. Now the CMA has definitely decided to prevent the deal from progressing after what it claims was a failure on Microsoft part to adequately address concerns raised by the organization in February of this year. Kieran, as an Xbox fan, and as a British person, how does this news make you feel? Can I, can I, can I, I need to start with, I need to start with the injustice that is this podcast,
2: because I've been blindsided, not blindsided, (laughs) because I knew of this article and I was aware, but I said to Ashley before we started recording, because we're recording separately to Dill, and Ashley's recording earlier, that, hey, are we just talking about DreamHack? Is that all we're, is what else are we talking about today? And he's like, yeah, just DreamHack. And this out of nowhere, he is—he is. Uh, he is uh, this is uh, oh, no. your raw impressions. I don't want you to walk up. <laughs> um, i no, no, no. I've already read the articles. Um, <sighs> the, the <sighs> it is almost impressive how poorly the CMA understands cloud gaming and the whole premise of cloud gaming. It it is. <sighs> i feel it it, looking at it it's it's look i will say it from a, a more neutral point point microsoft should have just done a better job of explaining what the fuck cloud gaming is to the cma that is that is the number one thing is that microsoft should just be um should have just explained it better because i feel like using cloud gaming as the reason to block this is fucking insane is so fucking stupid. Like, it is the worst... Re- it feels like it's just a low-hanging fruit that somebody is like... Somebody in the CMA is just like, I don't understand this. I don't like it. I'm just going to use that as the reason. Right. To play. How
0: they cl- getting me on clouds? They're exactly. All the in the
2: sky. And just not understanding <laughs> the cloud or not understanding the reference point for it. And it, it it it's... The only thing I know is... The disappointing thing is I I was disappointed in the... Media releases done by my both Microsoft and Activision. Um, Activision, the Activision, the Activision the, one was fucked. I was like, a "What bit are of coaching you guys about to go to war?" Yeah, it was like Activision were just like, "Well, we thought that the UK was going to be a good place to grow our business and uh, move forward, but we're yeah, going to have maybe to re- we need
0: to go somewhere else. We are going to have saying. to rethink hey. that."
2: And that's I was like, <laughs> "Bro, come on!" Wow. But as a whole, I just. Microsoft appeals this. They get it. They fucking pull out a guide of uh, fucking idiot's guide to cloud gaming and they just present it because it's a stupid reason to present because neither of the other two's competitors have shown any real interest in cloud gaming or in providing that as a service. Yet. It, It Yet. But it doesn't seem like that is a thing that is, fuck, Nintendo, look, Sony, even if we talk about cloud stuff in general, Sony makes you pay a fucking subscription to upload your save files to the cloud, which is, you know, that is, that is, it's not (laughs) fucking smart. It's dumb. (laughs) And then Nintendo, on the other hand, Nintendo doesn't know what the fuck it's going on half the time. Nintendo's a fucking La La Land. It's, it's can you even upload saves on Nintendo
0: um I'm pretty sure all their saves are locked specifically I to that feel, switch
2: I feel like it's yeah, it's yes. even worse. it's on the switch itself <laughs> um and like they've they've they're dabbling in the in i guess cloud stuff, but not really, but with their Nintendo libraries for their subscription service, but not even then, not even like the cloud functionality of it um it, it's just the thing it's just like sure microsoft has the advantage because it's backed by not just microsoft. the azure suite <laughs> and microsoft in general but it's not just the azure suite there's another cloud suite that they own mm. so sure they have an advantage and they have a foundation for cloud gaming but to use that as like the reason why the activision deal is an is a game it's a, like no. is a deal that is not that is inequitable that is market, yeah. a bad for the market makes no fucking sense as the CMA, yeah. you need to turn around as the CMA and be like, okay, actually, Microsoft in general, we need to put like a block on you in the cloud gaming space and the cloud space in general so other people can catch up. Like it just doesn't make sense. It's obviously, yeah, it is obvious that just somebody doesn't understand and they just need to appeal again, uh, like appeal and just work through it and make somebody understand that. Are you saying that if Microsoft isn't in cloud gaming or doesn't have this cloud gaming foundation and software, that the Activision Blizzard deal is fine? Because I can't remember yeah. cloud gaming ever being a problem with Sony. I can't remember Sony ever using cloud gaming or no. the cloud
0: system. Some, weirdo- Some lawyer probably came in and said, oh, this cloud gaming stuff, maybe it's not great. You know? Yeah. Just, it, it, just, just... put that seed there and that's the one that paid off. It
2: just makes no sense. It's just the... A...
0: It is, especially when
2: it's like pretty much the, in my eyes, CMA have said, okay, all the reasons that all the other reasons Sony has said don't actually matter. It's just this cloud gaming stuff, and if that is the true case of it, then it should just be appeal, get them worked out, get them with the fucking cloud gaming stuff fixed, and then the deal should go ahead. Um, yep. if the deal goes, if they appeal it and they explain it, and somehow it still gets denied then to me it just screams uh no they don't like this deal but the only way they could do something to prevent the deal was to go after this low hanging fruit but they cool. couldn't do it any other way um i'm just yeah I'm, i mean just see how it moves forward i just at this point i just want the deal either done or just in <laughs> or dead gone like it just feels like it's been going on for fucking ages it's only been 16 months it doesn't been that long that's still 16 months
0: that just feels like that is i know we talk about like every few weeks but
2: i know uh... just yeah it just feels like forever
0: yeah even as the you know the the playstation fanboy uh it's hard to see how them buying blizzard activision would give them any more of an advantage in the cloud gaming space um that they already have um so yeah it does seem like a weird thing to highlight um of course Microsoft has now in the past few days like made a bunch more deals with different smaller cloud gaming services mm-hmm. um like 10 years deals making sure their titles are not exclusive to Microsoft or whatever um it'll be interesting to see because apparently from what i've read or heard you know the the board of appeals does not you know change decisions too often yeah. So, I <laughs> you know, these British people set in their ways. That once stutton, they've made a decision, it's they they're stuck They in
2: don't want to admit that they were wrong. They don't wrong. want to admit they're wrong, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh But, yeah, some of the comments coming out from, especially, yeah, but take, like, pretty gangster, you know, shakedown kind of style, Um, which really is not surprising, given who he is. Um, but, yeah, look forward to us talking about this Xbox Blizzard Activision deal for the next twelve months, probably, um, because this is just the Britain. There's still still ongoing other places around the world that yeah. you know they could also shoot down this deal as well. So, you know, it's still not guaranteed that it'll go no. through. But you know, Microsoft has enough money to throw lawyers at it forever. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see when they just kind of cut their losses and say no, it can't. This can't happen.
2: You know? I don't think. I don't know. I think. Feel like it has to like.
0: I mean, the sooner the deal gets through, the sooner Bobby Kotick gets fired, right?
2: That's the other thing. <laughs> that is the big thing about it, right? It's like, just let the deal go through and Bobby's gone. So much <laughs> improves everywhere else. Like, it's just, I don't... Well, even if
0: the deal doesn't go through, he gets fired, I would imagine. You would think like, so. you didn't get the deal through, you're fired. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, no, no more tangents kieran okay tell me about dreamhank uh how much uh how, how much is it like uh inception
2: not much <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> not at all um yeah dreamhank melbourne run by esl um specifically esl australia this year um was on for the last three days this weekend from friday saturday sunday um the event as a whole was really good. It's a real positive. Um, it's been a couple of years since the Melbourne Esports Open, so this has very much taken its place um, kind of in positioning and in who's running it and the people involved. Um, the event was held at the Melbourne Olympic precinct, precinct which covers Rod Laver Arena, Margaret Court Arena, um, and a couple of the other buildings around there. For people who didn't know, because I feel like I do feel like from just my conversations with people actually in public in Melbourne, this wasn't very well advertised even though this was like heavily sponsored by the victorian government because there was victorian government logos everywhere but i had a number of interactions on the tram and on the train um into the venue or leaving the venue or people be like oh what's that thing because i had my dream hack badge badge on Mm. they're like oh and we had conversations and they were like oh oh if i'd known that was on i would have gone um so yeah it made I don't it know, wasn't. That,
0: that, I feel like that's common for any event that's happening. Yes, another. 100%, I so, do agree. Why are you holding all these plants? There was a massive <laughs> gardening expo. Yes. <Yeah. laughs>
2: um, so to have that, and I guess uh, turnout was really good, I think actually the it was busy. Friday during the day um, was a quieter day, but at the same time, what it was a really cool thing, they had a student's day throughout the day, so they had like a number of schools invited to bring like their students in applicable classes to come and have a look through the event and to come mm. take participate in the event. So I guess that that helps with crowd numbers. Um, the large event going on for majority of it was uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Um, so the ESL Pro League was on, um, which was really good. Literally, that started every day at like 10 o'clock and ran all the way through till 10, 11 o'clock at night for all three days. Um wow with a whole range of teams. It was really great to be part of an Australian audience backing um, Australian um, teams. Greyhound um, being like kind of the main team that a lot of people were supportive and they went really far all the way up till I think they got knocked out this morning, Sunday it is, but um, they did get knocked out. But having the crowd energy and just seeing the amount of people flowing in and taking part in it was great. Um, the They had like a small expo, in one of the small buildings that only had uh like a couple of like your um Scorptex and your um uh, different PC manufacturers to, to show up. I think becoming a staple is there was like the tabletop gaming area, um, as well as like their um, the creator setups where there was a number of Twitch streamers or content creators kind of rolling through there and people could actually talk to them and, and ask them questions. Um I think one of my I had a couple of downsides to to the event as a whole that I think will be fixed, is what I've looking at and heard of from um different members on social media and people commenting on it. Um The main so Margaret Court Arena was the main location for the gaming events. They had the main arena that was in Rod Laver, but that was very rarely used. On the first day that didn't open up until five o'clock, where they did the opening ceremony for um the event and then that was all that was done there but then they also had that arena was being used for music acts at night so from like seven o'clock at night there was acts like Mashed and Kutcher and other DJs and other um musicians that were playing there to give it that party vibe and to hang out and for people to to do like a blow-off thing in the evenings Um, which was cool and they had a wide variety of different acts and styles of music but other than that, the other Margaret Court Arena was the main location for CSGO. Had one site, like it was, they split the arena in half, mm. and one half was CSGO, and then the other half was on the first day. Um, it was used for the students' day stuff of the panels, and then also Friday night, there was a, a fairly big podcast that I listened to, Trash Taste Podcast. Um, did a live recording of their podcast there, but. The whole time, and then also Saturday, they had the League of Legends Oceanic um, Grand Finals played out there as well as the All-Star match. But they both shared the same of the arena the entire time. So anytime you're watching League or you're watching the Trash Take Podcast or you're watching um, Counter-Strike GO, you can hear the other crowd and the noise from the other side the whole time. So I just feel like it's very weird that there was just this whole conflicting arena when you have, and I guess the main arena probably maybe wasn't able to be set up for gaming, and there was probably some restrictions placed by the venue, but to have it all, all of your events other than the fighting stuff, which was in like the expo hall, all of the the main attractions for the eSports side of it in that same area kind of clashing with each other, I just thought it was a bit frustrating
0: um need it a bit of soundproofing is what I'm hearing.
2: Yeah, 100% because, <laughs> and the thing is, it's a fucking impossible to soundproof an entire yeah. arena like to, to do that like no. um and and so that was one of the other part that i found a weird decision though, i'm not sure I, I walked past there a couple times saturday and i think they might have opened it up but on so in that main arena area a large portion of that was cut off for the bring your own computer um section which is normally a large part you'll see it at packs where people will buy a ticket and they'll bring their own pc um, to play games throughout the event and stuff mm. and do whatever they want hang out with their friends and be a massive LAN. The problem was this LAN area and the bring your own computer space was also being used by people competing in some of the minor events for the tournament. So like they had a Fortnite tournament, they had a Valorant tournament, um, i can there was a couple other events i think one of them was call of duty as well but they all happened within that bring your own computer arena Area. the lan arena and for friday at the very least only people could go in and watch those if you had a bring your own pc ticket nobody else could go in okay and watch it and see i did notice a couple of times when i walked past yesterday that the doors were open and there was less security around them so maybe people could go in freely and they changed it after friday uh, but there was a lot of people commenting online esports providers and teams being like it's kind of weird that if people were to here to come and support call of duty or to to come and check out Fortnite, that they would have to have one of these bring your own computer tickets to be able to see and that was only uh, I think that the computer, the limit was like 250 tickets for that mm. on site. So um, bit of a strange one, but I think it's it's a positive. I think anytime there's a, a chance for live esports to happen in Australia, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I think the Australian crowd, especially getting behind Australian teams, and, and if you've been to any sporting event or anything where there is Australian representation, Crowd crowds are great. You get your your Aussie 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 chance. You get people cheering for them. You get big reactions from the players. Um, it's so much fun. It's so enjoyable to buy into. So um, to to see that and then to be a part of that, I think is is a great chance. So I really hope that this happens again next year. Um, especially for people like I'm not a big Counter Strike fan, like but I loved going in and sitting and watching Counter Strike. I was in there majority of the time I was there. Um, and getting involved in and the casters do a great job of, of kind of explaining the teams and kind of explaining the storylines to you. And you easily start picking up the different um things about the game and, and the different moments. And um yeah, there's nothing like watching a, a big clutch or a big kind of um like kind of epic moment from players in there and the whole crowd going wild. Um it, it was a good event it has some learning to do, but I feel like you know, especially with like the the game expo that was over this year, all mm. of these types of events are always going to have learning experiences, and then yep. y- you just got to hope that the next time that they do put on a next time happens again, and it happens even bigger and better than the first.
0: Yeah. Well, what 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 sort of numbers do you think there?
2: Um, this, this is the hard thing, right? Because I don't. Was, was it a... crowded? It was crowded, and like there was, was like
0: it was more packs than.
2: Yes, uh, it was more packed than the game Expo, expo. yes, a hundred percent, like it was like there was the arenas that had seats when they were they were filling those up for the big games or filling those up for the moments so people would mm. easily flow in and out of those moments when um and like when in between games they'd walk in and walk out and flow that way um on top of that, like having the game expo, they also had artist alley um they had. A lot of the area all the way around, like they had a big circuit you could walk around. There was arcade games everywhere that you could just jump on and start playing. Um, like there was their merchandise, they had the one major merch shop. Um, and there was a whole variety. There was all the Teams logos and Teams jerseys. You could get, um, I bought, you know, a mug and a water bottle with Dream Hack on it. There's your classic T shirts for Dream Hats, especially. I think there was a lot to do and you know, one of the big things we say, and I uh, I think it's my big thing as well, especially when we come back from packs or events, it's like, okay, was that event good? Like, did that event, was it worth it to buy the three-day pass? Okay. Was it, was it worth it to buy the three-day pass? And for DreamHack, I would say yes. I think there was something new happening every day. Um, the scheduling, you know, they had the DreamHack app, so you could easily see what was scheduling. Plenty of meet and greets with content creators. Um, there was a whole variety of things to do. Um, and, and it was whole days, you know, going to the music afterwards or staying to watch the Grand Finals for the LCO. Um, I think, yeah, I think it was it's absolutely great. And I really, really hope that it runs again next year and it keeps getting bigger and better with more gaming events happening there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it was a good time. Um, so yeah what did you have any perks as a media person obviously we, you know um at the game I got asked, game expo, uh, uh, current, uh Dylan things. got plied with alcohol uh
2: <laughs> Dylan <laughs> so. did get it. Yeah, no it wasn't quite that good, I think you know, the game expo they were trying to buy people's favor um that was was very i guess it was intimidating for me because it was more of a very serious like um press but... like in that terms of things like i went down to the press room and did a little bit of writing and checked on some stuff and the press room we set up like a, a conference room for like player conferences and they bring players down and people ask some questions and like talk to them about how the games went and stuff like that and um... so
0: it's a bunch of like more hardcore esports yeah like there was a like... lot of it's
2: a lot of more yeah exactly like, oh, this
0: is what actually actual like Sports journalists probably do.
2: Yeah, exactly. 100%. Possibly. It is like, you know, when you, you see the sports journalist, it is the rows and rows of tables that people can sit down and set up and be there whenever the players come down. Mm. Um, it was nice. The lanyard that I was wearing the whole time, only people in, like, your content creators, press, um, like, the people working the event had those. Like, the regular goer didn't have a lanyard. So... So it good. did feel very <laughs> nice that like you would walk up, you would like walk in on like going to leave the event of people like, oh yeah, no, you're good. You're fine. Okay. Like you're good. Just go ahead. Like it's, it's, you get treated with that nice respect and it's a nice perk. It's a great thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm very grateful and thank you to ESL Australia um, and power up for, for um, giving that accreditation over and, and letting me experience for everybody here. Um, dream in it is very best I, i'm excited and i have i look forward to next year 100 yeah.
0: so what was the clear what was the highlight
2: for me it was csgo um yeah. i actually think being part of it and and being able to watch these events go and i think that's the thing when i know of dream hack in european countries and other dream hacks where there's like mm. way more events going on at once and you're like kind of being able to attend and CSGO was the only one that was like consistent the entire weekend of you could go watch them and then you could know, okay, I'm following this team. I'm following Greyhound. So I'm going to make sure I'm at their next game every time and keeping an eye on the ESL schedules and keeping an eye on the event and keeping an eye on the tournament brackets. Um, and then you, you kind of, while you're watching, you're building up a connection with all the teams. And so as you're watching, you can you have an understanding and you build up and you see more and more of it. Um, which I think is is absolutely great. I, I think it's it's a a really um, positive thing, and I, and I wish there was more opportunities for that in DreamHack in Melbourne. And I, I look forward to it um, in the upcoming year, hopefully.
0: Awesome. Any other final thoughts on DreamHack, your experience?
2: Uh, no, I had a lot, no, I had a great yeah. time. I think I can't say any more positives
0: other than the few cool. gripes
2: I had. Uh, but no, it was really good, and I hope next year i can get more of you both you and dylan maybe there. that'd be kind of cool to introduce you to some esports and uh get do you think involved. it's a good
0: uh introduction to people
2: yeah i 100% do okay. and especially with games like csgo are very easy and if they could get like more rocket league involved or or more games like those that are really straightforward and easy um Kind of the casters do a great job of introducing you to the game. They do a great job of building up the storylines for the teams. Um yeah, no, I think it's it's a great place to go, even if you've never watched esports before.
0: Yeah. I guess the other is is the setting a good like fit.
2: Yeah. I I would say yeah. other than the other, other than the sharing the, one than the shared Um arena space for the main kind of stages. Yeah, I think it's a great place. Like it was really nice just to walk around the event to see everybody playing around. Um, they had like this uh rainbow kind of um space like path yeah, that it, led to the yeah. expo you could follow to. Um, no, it was really good. I I think I couldn't can't speak more more highly of the event and for especially for everybody from lovers of esports to people who are completely brand new. Um, I think it's a it's a great time. Awesome.
0: All right, well, that does it for this week's episode of RK Couch. Uh, Let us know what you thought of anything we talked about on this episode. Uh, Let Kieran know he did a good job at DreamHack and let Dylan know uh, his review was incredibly biased and should have played it on PC by going to <laughs> explosion.com slash Twitter or jump to Discord at explosion.com slash Discord. If you want to help us out here at RK Couch, leave us a review, Apple Podcasts, on Prochaser, leave us five stars, you can leave five stars, or just tell people about the show. And, if you enjoyed this episode, thought it was worth a dollar, head on over to our coaching page at explosion.com slash support. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll see you here next week, same time, same couch. Bye.
2: How do I get the UK to block your participation in this podcast?
0: (laughs) Can't. Yeah, we'll just use a VPN to get around it.